I um, just want to say something. Um, the, the choir blesses all of us, and the choir blesses me. I walked in here this morning with um, burdens on my heart and just listening to the words of creator, sustainer. Um, I won't cry, <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so grateful for your talent, for the time that you uh, put in to bring us these songs, these hymns. So thank you. <clears throat> Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word to us this morning. Convict us in areas that we need to look at this scripture just a little bit differently. In light of ourselves, in light of you searching us for where you need us to repent, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself for the areas that we do not even realize. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Here we go with my allergies. I'm sorry. Um, we're working through our sermon series based on a book, uh, Witness at the Cross, by Amy Jill Levine. And last week, Pastor Johnson started us with uh, Simon of Serene. So I have a, a quiz for you to see if you remember. So what was his name? Where was he from? Oh, you all get extra heaven points. Uh, uh, Pastor Johnson spoke about um, dying to self. The old self dies and we are now new in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? We take up our cross and follow Jesus, which means we are willing to surrender all to Jesus Christ. Sounds easy. Now, for me, I, when, I, when I read these things, when I research this, I always think, what does that mean? Willing to surrender all to Christ. Am I really willing to surrender all to Christ? We sing, I surrender all. Um, I give all to you, Lord. And I think, am I really giving all to, uh, to my God? I speak for myself whenever I say these things. I, whenever I research this, whenever God convicts me of this, I speak for myself. Am I really surrendering all? And this is a uh, wonderful time to, an important time to wonder if we are, to ask God, am I really surrendering all to you? So just to take you back to that part. Now this morning, we're focusing on the words of the two that were crucified next to Christ. Now there's many that were probably crucified along with Christ because what they would do back then, just to give you a little background, and it's pretty gross, it, it's not a pleasant thing, is they would line up many people to be crucified at any given time along a road. And the whole idea was so that it would, be, it would serve as a warning to those who were gonna cross the government who were, don't do this because this is what's gonna happen to you. So there were probably many others that were being crucified along with the two and, and certainly along with Jesus Christ. So they were held up as an example, but we're focusing on the two uh, criminals next to, next to Christ. And I'm gonna be referring to one as the good thief and one, or the repentant thief and one as the unrepentant. Um, we're all familiar with the last words of Jesus Christ. Most of us are familiar with those, with those uh, words. Um, that he spoke before he died. But let's talk, take a look at the conversation that went on uh, among the three of them. 
uh, one, the repentant uh, thief knew who Jesus Christ was, knew that he was the Messiah, knew who he was, and the unrepentant thief, well, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. So what Amy uh, Jill Levine is doing is connecting in this chapter, um, in this book, connecting um, events from back then to events from now, to events to now. So she's taking a look at what happened then and how it can relate to now, which I found quite interesting. Um, there were nameless bandits, there were nameless thieves, there were nameless criminals who were tortured and killed in the most humiliating ways. And they're subject to all, this, all these things. And the reason was because they enjoyed doing it. The people who were, who, were, um, who were doing this to these criminals and thieves, they were probably against the, the government. And they're saying, you're not going to cross us. And they were nameless. We don't know who their names were. And this happens today. This happens today. And, and back then they were feared. They were fearing the government. They were putting the fear of the government rather than the fear of God into them. Um, and, and isn't that happening today where there are governments that are torturing people that are, that are, um, that are doing this to people in the name of you're not going to trespass against our government. You're not going to do this against us. And if you're, if you're going against the political system, this is what we're going to do to you. And it's unfortunate that we see this in the news all the time. And when we go back to talking about the, the thieves on the cross, we think, what did they do? Were they, were they zealots? Were they people who were going against the government? Or were they people who were actually stealing? Were they people doing uh, j just um, uh, evil people? We don't know. We don't really know what's going on. So uh, Levine wants to take a look at what might be happening in somebody's life that would cause you to commit, that would cause them to commit this injustice. What would have happened that they were breaking the law? What would have happened that they were uh, doing whatever um, offense that was, that was causing them to be subjected to these um, atrocities that the government were putting uh, them up to? And how do we come to terms with that? How do we come to terms with who these people were and even present day, why people do what they do? And one of the things that Levine uh, does is she cites that one must name the action, one must name the bad action that is occurring to show how to repent, to turn back from that life and get back on track. And most importantly, what is the most important thing we do? What is the most important thing that, that Christ commands us to do? It begins with an L, love. So no matter what, we are reaching out in love to one another. So citing the bad action when, when, when somebody is straying from the path and we, we are loving them back to Jesus Christ. And I love that Pastor Cindy uses that all the time. I learned a lot from her. Loving them to Jesus Christ. Because uh, treating them poorly and treating them as if they are not worthy is against what Christ is asking us to do. So when, when uh, we think of who these bandits are, or who these criminals were, 
they're paying a price. They're paying a brutal price, and nobody deserves to be tortured. As Levine says, nobody deserves that kind of torture no matter what. But how are we helping those who have strayed off the path? How are we helping those uh, in our lives or uh, it, that we know who might be, who we see might be straying off the path and because we love them, we want them to come back. We want them to not go down that path, to not become uh, what, what we call criminals or thieves. So we name that bad action. We show them how to repent. We show them how to, how to turn away from that life. And we love, we love in the love of Christ. So I ask you, has somebody ever done that for you in, in your life? Has somebody in your life, uh, have, have you been kind of veering off the path? I know I have in my uh, 20s <laughs> uh, when I thought that being away from God was, was a fun life. And then, it, and then uh, I realized it wasn't. But being guided back on like, hey, come on, you're going down a wrong path. This is not healthy. This is not what God wants for you. My husband Mike was a um, was a, it was instrumental in that he was instrumental in where I am today because of the love he showed me because of how he got me back on track seeing that I was lost. So when we see someone lost, when we see them going down that path that's leading them to uh, the the horrors of punishment, the horrors that can happen, how do we love them back? Has someone done this for you in your life? Have they shown you the correct path sometime in your life and loved you back to God? Have you been shown this forgiveness? Isn't it a wonderful thing to be shown that forgiveness? And it's even harder to forgive yourself, I believe. I, I have a hard time forgiving myself. I, I tend to beat myself up a lot. But to know that Christ forgives and that, and that, and that Christ uh, has our best in mind. Have you been shown that forgiveness by others? On the other hand, have you done this for someone? Have you done this for someone? Have you, have you uh, been set on the straight and narrow on the path back? Have you forgiven someone? Have you been, have you forgiven someone even if they don't, they haven't repented to you, even if they haven't uh, express that to you? Have you forgiven them because of the love, because of the love of Jesus Christ? The unrepentant theme, thief seems to mock Jesus. And how many of us see that as such an awful thing? You are mocking the King of Kings. You are mocking the Christ right as you're about to die. You are mocking him saying, get yourself off here if you are the Messiah. I thought you were the Messiah. Why don't you just bring your angels down and get yourself off of this, uh, off of this cross? I have viewed this as almost unforgivable compared to the thief who asked Christ to remember him in paradise. But when I look at it this way, as, as Levine kind of guides us to, to look at it this way, People were expecting the king. People were expecting the savior. People were expecting the Messiah. They expected him to come in triumph. They expected him to be doing great things. And here he is on the cross dying. That seems like such defeat 
here he is hanging on a cross. That's it. He's going to die. Where was our Messiah? That must have been so discouraging for his followers, for the thieves uh, beside him. Can we look at it that way? Can we look at it that way? Let's be honest with our feelings. And one of the things that Levine uh, talks about in this chapter is being honest. He was, he was being honest with his feelings, no matter what was happening. Have you ever felt that way? Is this all you are, God? Is this all it is? I've, I sure have. I've been let down from expectations of prayer. We all have been let down. And there are times that I wanted to shout at God, is this what it's all about? After I've prayed, after I've done this, after I have uh, talked to you, to other people about, about the goodness of you, and I've been uh, praying for you constantly, relentlessly, and this is what I get? Now, it sounds blasphemous, and I've had people talk to me um, over the years when, when um, uh, uh, talked to me in a pastor uh, relationship, and they have asked for, for I'm so sorry, Pastor. I, I just am mad at God. I'm so sorry. And they feel like it's blasphemous. They feel like uh, God will never forgive them for questioning God. They, 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 they are asking me for forgiveness uh, for saying that they are angry with God. But God wants that. God wants that honesty. God wants those feelings. He knows how we feel. So when we come to him... With our honesty, when we come to him and say, I'm mad, God, he can take it. I have news. He can take it. We have a very big God. We have a very large God. So imagine the unrepentant thief saying, being in that discouragement. I'm thinking about that side of it, that discouragement that here's the Messiah and you're hanging on a cross. This is defeat. And imagine the times that we have all questioned God. Imagine the times that we have all wondered, where are you? Where are you, God? In the midst of all this, where are you? So I feel I can relate to that thief talk, speaking like that. Levine also states that the re repentant, oh, let me go ahead. The repentant thief knows who Jesus is. And I want to turn to the Bible, if you have your Bibles with you, in Luke 150. And um, I bought this Bible a very long time ago when my eyesight was a little better. So uh, bear with me right here. I have uh, aging eyes that are going to go like this. So um, in 150, chapter 1, I had it marked. <laughs> and it says under Mary's song, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Levine states that the repentant thief is experiencing mercy from our Lord that he did not receive from the justice system. Because it's one thing to be paying for your mistakes. It's another one to be tortured and humiliated on a cross. The worst kind of uh, death there ever was out there at, at that time. It was horrible. Why did they have to uh, 
go so far as to torture people and, and put them up for humiliation and have people drive by, drive by, listen to me, um, uh, uh, go by on their donkeys, on their transportation and mock and jeer and spit at you. So no matter what they have done to go through far and above what, uh, what justice would, would serve is a lot. So the repentant thief is experiencing the mercy from Jesus Christ that he did not receive from the justice system. This thief took responsibility for his actions. He is saying, I know that we have committed the committed uh, bad things here. We're the ones that need to be on this cross. We're the ones that are being punished for what we've done. This man has done nothing. The thief took responsibility for his actions, and it's an example to us to take responsibility for our own sin. And what better time to do that than the Lenten season, taking responsibility for the sin before our God taking responsibility, having the Holy Spirit search our, our hearts for where we might be unrepentant in our lives, for what we may have unconfessed in our lives that may be holding back, holding us back, unconfessed. So taking responsibility and saying, yes, Lord, I have, I have, I have uh, committed sins of omission and, uh, and um, what's the other one? Commission where we are doing something and then omission where we are failing to do something. Maybe we see uh, just injustice happening and we're failing to take steps for that. Saying that's not my problem. Somebody else will do that. Omission. In this time of Lent, we're searching ourselves. We're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas and to repent. And remember that, what does repent mean? Repent means, again, that we're turning away from that life. Repent means that we're turning away. So we're turning away from that life that we knew. We're still gonna sin, we're human beings. We're still gonna sin, we're still gonna have God's mercy and we still need to come before our God and ask for that forgiveness. And remember that our Lord is merciful. And remember that when we come before him with hearts of repentance, especially as we go through this Lenten season, and remember whether we're fasting, whether we're in, whether we're in uh, prayer, whether we're in Bible study, whether we're in fellowship with one another, whatever, um, what, and combination of these, of these aspects of it, that we're taking responsibility and that we're turning away from those activities. We're turning away from those ways that are holding us back from truly loving God and from truly loving one another. So where can we show mercy? Where do we show mercy to one another? In what areas um, can we show, can we uh, be part of the justice that can happen in, in our communities, in our nation? In what areas can we say this is wrong? In what areas can we, can we reach out to those who are, who are suffering uh, from oppression, from, who are suffering from the, um, uh, from the torture of, of uh, other areas? In, in what ways can we pray for those 
who are dealing with the injustice that was happening back then and that is happening now. So I like how Levine uh, connects these two. I like how uh, the author connects what was going on then with, with, with what is going on now. It kind of took me aback because I never thought about it that way. I only ever thought about, okay, here's the good thief who knows who Jesus is and is, uh, and is admonishing the bad thief and saying, who are you? And the bad thief, he's going to go to hell because he's not repentant. But perhaps he is questioning, where are you, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you allowing yourself to die along with us, to be humiliated along with us? Why are you allowing this? This is very hopeless feeling. So as we go through this week, as we go through the uh, rest of the Lenten seer, uh, um, season, think about the, the areas in your life that we need Jesus, that we need the Holy Spirit, that we need our God to reveal to us where we don't even realize, where we're not even willing, perhaps, to admit that we are holding back from him, that we are holding back from more blessings um, that God has for us because maybe we want to hold on to that sin because I'll tell you, the reason there is sin is because it's kind of fun. There are so, ma so many things that are kind of fun about sin and maybe we don't want to let go of them. And then we're not letting Christ into our lives. We're not letting the blessing of Christ into our lives. We're not allowing ourselves to love one another back to Christ. We're not allowing ourselves to be fully free in Jesus Christ and allowing our, ourselves to be able to reach out to draw others in, to, to say to others, hey, in love, I see that you might be veering down the wrong path. And in love, I want you to come back. I want you to realize that God is merciful, that God, that this is not the end. When Christ died on the cross, he was resurrected, and this is not the end. We have freedom in Jesus Christ, and he is merciful, and reaching out in mercy to one another because of the mercy that God has shown us, and reaching out in love because of the, because of the love that Christ has shown us. So where can we go from here? reaching out, searching ourselves for where we need to give up, for where we need to hand it over to Jesus Christ. So I don't have a quiz to, to uh, send you off with, but dying to ourselves, we are, we are getting rid of the old. We are now new. We are taking up, up our cross and we are following Christ and we are anew, willing to surrender all and willing to come before our God in our, in our honesty about where are you, God, and knowing he can take it and he has mercy on you the way we have mercy on each other. Almighty God, we give you thanks for, for your word today. We give you thanks that we can be honest with you we ask you to empower us so that we are able to reach out in your love 
to guide others back the way we've been guided back in our lives, the way we've been guided back in love by others in our lives. Strengthen us, sustain us for your will going forward. In Jesus' holy name, amen.